Welcome to This Is The Way, a Star Wars Legion podcast. Welcome everybody to the first podcast of This Is The Way, a Star Wars Legion podcast. I am Brent. And this is Jason. And we're here to talk to you tonight about how to grow the community at your local game store. I think it's a topic that's kind of left been left by the wayside by most people doing podcasts. I, I haven't heard a whole lot about how to grow the community and and how to show people kind of the things that you got to look out for and and things to take into account when you try to really grow a, a community to be supportive of a game. Uh, to be fair, it was COVID though, so there hasn't been a lot of game stores open. True, to yeah, yeah, growing a community. Right. So, yeah. So I think uh, this is our inaugural podcast. Um, we kind of wanted to give you a player perspective as well as a store owner perspective. So Jason, my colleague here, he owns uh, Geek City Games and Comics, and he is my local game store, awesome game store. He supports the community really well. So um, Jason, uh, I guess to start out with, uh, what are some things to consider from your perspective uh, as a store owner on how to grow the community you know, uh, in a miniatures-based game overall. Obviously, we're talking about Star Wars Legion, but this could apply to anything like Marvel Crisis Protocol or or any other miniatures game that's out there. Well, I'll give it to you from the store owner's perspective, is I have this play space. It has to make some money because we pay a ridiculous amount of rent per square foot that isn't actual retail space where people can shop to provide the play space. So I have to monetize that somehow by getting more players in to provide an environment, to provide services and experiences that uh, you can't get anywhere else, uh, or at least you can't get just from your house. Uh, So with that being said, uh, from my perspective, I'm looking at building that community uh, twofold to help pay for that play space by bringing more players in to support the store by buying product for me, uh, and then uh, to give them an opportunity to have experiences that they wouldn't normally have at their home. So uh, for me, I'm always looking to introduce the players that are playing to the other players that are playing because a lot of times they don't want to interact with other people that they don't know. They're not quite comfortable yet. And I know everybody because they talk to me. I see them buy stuff so I can go, hey, I got this player over here. Let me introduce you. He's playing Legion. Or he's playing Marvel Crisis Protocol, or he's playing Warhammer, or whatever miniature game there is. But for the sake of this podcast, I think Star Wars Legion is is there. Um, what do you consider when you're looking at a game store as a player, I guess, versus not playing at home? Right. From a player perspective, obviously, it's play space is, is great. Um, you know, I can honestly say, starting back to X-Wing, that if, if it hadn't been for the local game store, I, pr- I probably wouldn't still be in miniature gaming, to be honest with you. Um, so actual play space, available play space is important. Um, making sure that you have stock of the product, especially new release stuff when it comes out, uh, that's important to players. Um, obviously, you know, it's important as a player to, you know, one of my philosophies is if you're going to play at a store that you support the local game store. And I know a lot of people are tempted online to, to go shopping and to try and get things at like $2 off or whatever. And, and so that's, you know, that's great for them. But for me personally, and I think for our community overall that we have here, 
it's very important to support our local game store because they help foster the environment for the game. Um, you've done a great job over the years just promoting the game itself. Uh, you do a great job bringing things into stock. And so, you know, all the things that the players want, um, painting, assistance, you know, that's that's something that also you have as a service that some players want. Not everybody is a great hobbyist and enjoys putting models together and painting everything, um, which this is definitely part of the hobby for Star Wars Legion. Um, so you've done a great job trying to fill those gaps that, you know, maybe not all players want. So me, myself, I love, I love putting miniatures together. I love painting. Um, that's probably my, my favorite part of the hobby. I like to play the game. I'm not as, uh, ultra competitive and as good as a lot of the players in our, in our meta. So, um, but I, that's the part of the, the hobby that I enjoy. And I know there's other players that are, that are better than I am that don't necessarily like painting or, or whatever. So, um, you, from a player perspective, it's a really good mix of um, having the play space available, having the product there, having um, other services available as far as painting and, and teaching people how to play games um, that really make it a, a fun experience for everyone. And I'd like to point out, when they started playing Legion here, I really didn't have a lot of Legion product. I maybe had a row of stuff, maybe a core here, maybe... Uh, another little thing there, but I really didn't have a lot of product, but as they started growing the community, uh, they just, uh, I got more stuff in, started supporting them more, uh, just looking at what I can do to help. So uh, they came to me, said, hey, we're going to play Legion. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. Tell me more about Legion, because I got into it when it first came out, and then nobody was really playing it in there, and I was like, put my stuff on the back. They started playing it. I donated my stuff to them, and then they got me back in because they assembled an army for me. So, like, Brent likes to put things together and paint them. I am the guy. I, I, I'm not going to put things together and paint them. I just don't have the time. I will convince others to do it for me. I will make my staff do it for me. <laughs> they love me for it, let me tell you. <laughs> they get paid by the hour to put stuff together for me. So, uh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, but, no, uh, from my perspective... I need the players to want to support the store and I want to support them. And I just started building that relationship with them and they started building that relationship with me back. And the biggest thing I got out of it and I told them is, Hey, I need you here every week, same time, be here for three hours, regardless if somebody shows up and be ready to play, like just be here, be ready to play so that every customer I talk to, they show up on Mondays. They start playing about 6 o'clock until I kick them out, which I will because I, I like to go home, not get yelled at by my wife. Um, but, yeah, it's it's uh, they started doing that. And, uh, I mean, we're up to 30 players right now at, at the store. Uh, we're not a big population area, not not like some of these bigger. Right, we're, we're a small community in the Midwest, right? So it's <laughs> yeah. not like we're sitting in, like, the East Coast or West Coast. We're, we're in the dense center of the country, and there's – there's not a huge pool of people to pick from as far as uh, players and whatnot, but it, it's been a great growth from a few players to what you have now. I think, what was the last league that we just... Well, we're currently running the league, and there's 21 people in the league right now, and, I mean, okay. there's over 30 people playing at the store, though. So right. there's a bunch of guys that just could not commit the time, uh, and gals, because there is gals here playing, too. Um, 
uh, they just can't commit the time to, to do the league each week. Uh, but they're coming in casually and playing casually, and they're having fun. And I'm seeing a multitude of lists. Like, I get on, I watch Invader League. It's always moisture evaporators. That is one of the least played scenarios here at the store. I, yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I, I played my first Vaps game actually last that last game I played. Uh, and, of course, I'm not a very – I'm not a player who can just sit back and and not do stuff, so I, I get hyper aggressive. I guess you could call it. Yeah, he, this goes back to me not always being the greatest competitive player. <laughs> yeah, he had the game one. Yeah, he decided, hey, let's let's rush all the Wookies out into the open against an AAT, and it didn't work out the greatest. No, so yeah, I lost on points, but hey, I had fun playing. So that I mean, that's kind of the focus too of the of the podcast is to really reach out to the everyday player you know it's not about oh what's the most competitive ultra hyped up list uh because to be honest with you i mean there's tons of podcasts out there and they do a great job um but i've seen some people in our meta with lists that don't fit i guess the typical mold for what you see in ultra competitive play and they have just wrecked people with a eight or nine activation list that wins in and out every week and uh my co-host is one of those people that seems to be able to do that on a regular basis, which is kudos to him. But uh, Oh, that was seven activations. Oh, seven. Yeah, okay. Seven. So you didn't even have eight. Okay. You didn't even have eight. Right. Yeah. So he has a seven activation list that's just – on paper, you're like, oh, no problem. And then you get in to play it, and it's just a swamp. He can't get through it. So I guess going back to making the store successful, I get, Jason, in your opinion – is it having a couple of people who are like the champions for the Star Wars Legion, I guess, movement internally in the store? I guess what – how do you see um, – because I notice in miniature gaming, usually there's a couple people that kind of are the, are the champions that help foster that desire for, for people to play week in and week out. I need players that are super dedicated to, to the game. They don't need to be dedicated to the to LGS. Uh, as they become more dedicated to the game, I start seeing them more. We start building a relationship, and then they'll be like, F, FLGS, the, the friendly game store. But at first, it's just, hey, they're super dedicated to a game. They love something, and as long as they love it, we're going to get more players. And as they get to know it, maybe they can convince me to play it. The easiest way to get, convince me to play a game is honestly build me all the stuff, let me use it, and see if I like it. So uh, they know this. Uh, we've got <laughs> this guy that literally built me the entire clone army, dropped it off, said, here, play it. And he dropped me off all the tokens, all the cards. He even magnetized all the yeah. stuff for me. It was like, here you go. And then I had these cases that I put it in, and it was pretty cool. We'll so, have him on because he's got a great accent. So yeah, he'll, he's great. he'll spice up the, oh, he, the podcast for sure. Me. But I think that kind of folds into, you know, play space is important. Obviously having um, store terrain and mats and those types of things are important. And I know that's something that you've done personally is kind of invest in your community as far as play mats and 3D printed terrain, those types of things. You've, you've helped pour back into the community, which just makes the whole play experience that much more better is you know newer players don't have to feel like they have to have all these things in order to start star wars legion and get into the game and and they can come here and know that they're going to get a quality gaming experience 
with mats and terrain and everything like that without having to have that. So I think that's that's a huge thing as far as helping newer players get into a game and feel comfortable. Um, it's great having – I mean, we had players, honestly, who were like two hours away that came up for our last league game. Um, I think, right, we had a couple players that are an hour, hour, yeah, hour and a half, two yeah. hours, something like that, hour and a half. They're about an hour and a half away. They come up every week. Uh, they're playing a lot of games. They're uh, um, they're great. Uh We've got some guys that are coming up uh, from about an hour and a half to. They don't get as much time off work, but they're making it work. They're figuring out days and stuff to come out. And to piggyback on the the play mats and terrain, I didn't have hardly anything in here at first. Uh, we we converted X wing stuff into right. the stuff into the terrain, and we were using X wing mats. And uh, the terrain was terrible. It's like. Just I built some. I built some quality foam terrain to oh, start out with. Oh yeah, that foam terrain is <laughs> it's terrible. It is. It is uh, honestly, it's like old insulation he had at his house, and it it still looks like old insulation. Um, yeah. It's it's great, but uh, we, we we were using it, uh, and then um, people kept buying stuff from me. I was able to reinvest the instead of giving discounts, I reinvested that money back into terrain. We did a raffle for the limited edition Luke's uh, and all the money from the raffle. Uh, I bought three or four play mats with it and uh, some terrain. Uh, I keep buying uh, that filament for 3D printers and the store has a 3D printer. Uh, so I sent the 3D printer home with a guy that loves 3D printing and then we got another guy that we were talking about earlier that assembled all my stuff and he's got like 10 3D printers. So he is he has pretty much stocked this entire store. In yeah, Star Wars train. I mean, these buildings are phenomenal. Yeah, they look great. They look great. We just need to finish getting them painted, obviously. But uh, well, Katie's working on it. Yeah, no, they they're doing a great job. They they look great. She's done a great job on the pieces I've seen the last couple of weeks that she's gotten finished, and uh, it it just helps when you have buy-in from the community. When you have players who really want to be a part of it and make it successful. Um, that's that's when I feel like you'll see the most amount of growth come from uh, your your local game store. Uh, you can't obviously leave everything up to the the store owner um, to do that. I think there has to be ownership in the community. And uh, you know, I've I've become friends with man. I I'd say my closest friends now are because of the gaming community. To be honest with you, I spend I spend a lot of my free times with my my gaming buddies and uh, I wouldn't have met them without, you know, Star Wars games. So it's been great and uh, having those people step up and take, you know, a bigger role in making sure that things are successful is is great and it's it helps to see things succeed. So, what do you think like an ideal number of players? Like if you were a store owner, and I I, I get that this is going to vary by market and everything like that, but. Um, if you could like pick an ideal number of players, at least for our store, and to kind of put it in perspective, I think we can do uh, six, six or eight. Right now, I think it's about six tables because we really reduced our. Uh, well, you got in this in here too. So table space because of uh, COVID, COVID, and yeah. put up more shelving for retail just because we couldn't have events, couldn't have Friday Night Magic. Uh, the ideal space uh, is going to vary from game store to game store. So 
Uh, when you guys came to me, you talked to me about it. I was like, well, Wednesdays are out. Uh, we've still got a couple D&D groups that are spread out and social distancing. And then we've got, uh, there's another night in there. Thursday night, I've got the Magic players here. So maybe we could play one or two games on Thursday nights. Uh, but with Friday Night Magic not going on right now, uh, well, uh, just EDH on Thursdays, we, we had plenty of space to kind of spread it out. So, I mean, the ideal number is as many people in the community that want to play, uh, given the time. I mean, I just got to let other groups and stuff have access to the play space also. So whatever the store can hold, and the store owner might know or might not know. Some stores are really big on magic so they might have three nights of magic they might have a pokemon league so you're looking at a couple of those other nights uh but you guys have been really great about hey you guys got nothing going on saturday mornings <laughs> they get up and they're at they're waiting at the door when we open the doors at, in the, on saturdays and sundays uh they get their games in and then the other events happen and later in the afternoon when the other groups get up so uh this the legion guys are just taking advantage of the open times that the store has and spreading out the games because I can't have 21 people in here no. playing yeah. games all at once. There's, we can't social distance with that. So right. I think we've seen seven tables kind of after it's been safe to, you know, social distance with, with COVID and everything. But that's still, I mean, if you th run the numbers, right, that's 14 people um, on a, on a weekly basis. That's, that's playing Legion in our market. So it's, it's it's a pretty cool thing but uh, you know you obviously have to you have to deal with what's going on today with covid so you you have to make sure that you take the precautions that you need to and uh, you guys have done great as far as making sure it's a safe environment for everybody to play so and yeah. it's really hard to play two or three games with a mask on I, it, it is it, it really is yeah it takes a lot out of me just playing with the mask on for two or three games uh not as easy as it was before but uh we get it done people are wearing their masks and keeps it safe for i guess i don't think there's ever going to be a completely safe and that's way. kind of been the nice thing about the league is you know there's it's not a set time that you have to play it's kind of up to you and your opponent to you know you have to get your game in by a certain time so it's up to you to schedule that so um, we don't all have to be here at the same time to to try and get that so that's a nice way during this time um, where if if you do have if stores want to run leagues or if it's, you know, something the community wants to do, you can definitely take that into account when you set up a gameplay is to have the player schedule that, um, not all at once and on the same night, so that you can maximize play space and, and make sure everybody's safe. Uh, something that we probably need to talk about is, like, if you're going to do uh, leagues or weekly play, uh, at a certain point, people are going to want a little bit more competitive. It doesn't have to be super competitive, though. The league is super casual. Uh, we're seeing a variety of lists. I try to repost everything on our Discord for the store. Um, well, that's a good that's a good topic to talk about, actually, is Discord. Yeah, Discord is fantastic for uh, this game. There's a lot of Discord, the Star Wars Legion Discord I'm on. I'm, I'm on a whole bunch of the different Legion Discords. Uh, but we've been posting... Uh, all the all the games on the stores discord uh, I've been trying to do a little bit of a recap uh, I can I do as much as I can like I can't do it all uh, people aren't getting me their list things are things aren't happening I'm kind of mimicking uh, invader league so I stole a whole bunch of their ideas uh, perfect yeah that's that's I, I see what they're doing online 
Uh, I go home. There's no way I can play three hours uh, at home. The kids and the wife would uh, just murder me. So um, I can't play Invader League. But uh, when I get to the the store, nobody's bothering me, so I can I can play a game. Well, I schedule staff here so that I can play a game. But uh, that's just me. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're it's a very casual league, and we we even put a group of people that couldn't play during the week and only play on the weekends together yep. in a pod and they're they're crazy i think they have all their games in and they're they're playing two or three games a week and they're they're just crushing it so yeah i think we had uh what is it six games you gotta play something like that uh yeah you'll have to play six total yeah and we had i think eight or ten weeks to get it done in and there's several people that have Almost done. <laughs> Almost they're, finished already. Well, and then they get like two or three casual extra games in for fun. And it's like, holy cow. I barely get it in. I can't be here on the weekends all the time. Right. And with the kids and the family. You can't be here on the weekends either. So. No. Um, yeah, I say, so I think as far as like running leagues, right? So you got to have, obviously you got to have a place to do it. Um, and you want to make sure that. I was shocked at the number of people that were interested. Now it's, you know, COVID and people are wanting to get back out and kind of normalize their lives again. But there were rules, obviously, that were set up by the the game store based upon the state's recommendations for social distancing and whatnot. So obviously those are things that had to be followed um, in setting up the league. So as part of that, you know, it's just – it's the day-to-day things right now that we have to take into account, but uh, I think it's going really well and excited to kind of see what the next step is for Star Wars Legion once, you know, the everyone's vaccinated and we have herd immunity and all that. So um, as far as prize support for leagues um, or, you know, what from a store perspective, how does that look like or what are your recommendations for um, supporting the different leagues. Uh, I know there's some interesting prizes that you put out there uh, for price support. So why don't you talk about that for a little bit? Uh, price support. I'm gonna. I am a proponent. I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, I used to run it completely different when I used to do this years ago, where the price support was super amazing. It was all about the prizes, and then I was getting this player base in that was about trying to make money playing the games that we love for fun uh, and just destroying the communities that we, we've worked so hard to build. So I've changed it up completely. There, the price support's never going to be more than the money that was put in. It'll probably equal it. If, it might be a little bit more, but it's unique things. And it's never really store credit or anything like that. That's I think that's just too easy to do. So right now, I, I reached out to ANA. I was able to get my hands on a few extra of the limited edition Lukes. Uh, they're going in there. Uh, one of the players, Brent, he donated one back, and then he actually painted one of them for me. So somebody's going to get an actually painted Luke. It, it looks amazing. Uh, if I did it, it, it would have been like finger painting. Uh, Andy right now is working on some three, 3D printed stuff uh, for us that's really neat. Uh, I got some tokens coming in. Um, I did reach out to Atomic Mass. I haven't heard back from them, asking them if they could maybe paint a miniature or something and we could give it away for a price support. I said I'd pay them for their time and take care of it. But uh, 
Haven't heard back from them yet. I know they're super busy with all the stuff that they right. got going on. Yeah. I don't blame them. They just took over uh, that stuff. Uh, my rep at Asmodee uh, is looking into uh, uh, different old kits that he can find around the warehouse. He just got back to the warehouse just this week, but then he's going on vacation. And it was Gamma this week, so uh, he he's looking around the warehouse for some of the, some of those, uh, so that we can just hand out some of the, those prizes. And I like to give out mats and different little things that are just fun. Uh, I mean, it's not about the prizes; it's it's about the games and the play that we get to do. Like yeah. it gets extra games in during the week. We get extra chances to play with each other, get to know each other better, and we see some great lists. So. That's what it, that's what really the pri- the biggest prize is. We get to play more games than normal when we run the league. So, yeah, and I would say as a player, I mean, I think it's important again when you have buy-in from the community, you you'll see extra things people wanting to donate into prize support. Um, I was more than happy to donate time and my tabletop skill level painting. It's nothing like what a lot of people do online, but um to to just try and uh you'll brighten up the the price support for for the league so hopefully somebody enjoys that uh what social media influences and advertising do you see how how can you harness that or utilize that to help grow your community at the local game store uh, two years ago i would have just said facebook 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 <laughs> everything with games was facebook uh, a lot of people have gotten off that platform, so we've added Discord. Uh, I've personally just gotten off Twitter. Um, uh, I do have some people that manage it for the store. Uh, but uh, the biggest thing is just word of mouth, uh, just telling people. Uh, I've built relationships with other stores uh, up to 100 miles away. I actually called up the store owners. Hey, do you got a lead player? Do you got people up there? Are you guys doing a league? What's going on? What's this look like? And they're not doing any leagues or anything. I was like, well, can I talk to your players? Because we're going to do a league. And I was like, I'm not trying to take it away from you, but if you're having an event, can I know about it so that I can send my players your way? So we've kind of got it worked out where there's another store uh, about 40 minutes from this store that's going to do all the tournaments because they have, I don't know, 20,000 square foot of play space. I don't have that here. And they're going to do the big tournaments, which we can't do, uh, and they do a fabulous job of doing that. Uh, and then uh, I talked to some of their players, and they talked to some other players, and we're getting people from all over the place just joining the league, which is helping their communities grow because they're they're playing games down there during the week. Yeah. And then they're coming up here, playing their league game, going back, and they're getting extra people into it down there. So it's, it's grown all the little stores in the area working together has really helped out, but you got to have that relationship with your competitors, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, that's a really cool concept because, you know, not everybody's willing to do that to go to their comp. I mean, they are your competition, right? Yeah. Uh, But you've always done a great job kind of embracing the relationship side of the business where um, you help, obviously you're, you're interested in promoting star Wars Legion. You want to promote it with, their business too so they can benefit from having that and everybody grows if the community grows so um to jason's point you know i've i've met a lot of folks from the surrounding communities uh and i my last game was against a guy who was he he was half hour 45 minutes away 
who I don't normally play with, and um, I've played against him a couple times in Star Wars Legion now, so it's really cool to see that when you can uh, promote events and um, the Star Wars community with other game stores. I think everybody benefits from that. Oh, and he taught taught us some rules that we didn't even know. Right? Did. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. Fantastic. Yeah. Threw that thing 300 times and still learning. Well, that's part of the game, right? Yeah. So one of the one of the issues I kind of wanted to talk about was, uh, and it inevitably comes up, it doesn't matter what game you play, miniatures game, whatever, every now and then you're, you're going to get um, a difficult or quote-unquote toxic player in the community. Um, how do you handle that situation from a, from a, a local game store perspective? What, what are things that you can do to help you know, mitigate that or or help overcome those difficult situations with those types of players? Uh, number one thing is don't give away the farm on price support. Uh, I know everybody loves prizes and stuff, but if you start giving away the farm, uh, you're going to find a greater amount of toxic players. Uh, they're just, they're going to come out of the woodworks. They only care about the prizes. They don't care if they destroy every relationship in the world to win those prizes. Uh, it's just, it's human nature. I don't blame them at all. I mean, if you got a magic tournament, for instance, not maybe Legion, but you can win five thousand dollars, you're gonna destroy every really kin to hopefully win that five thousand dollars. Yeah. And it, it happens a lot. So what I've learned over the past is limit the limit the prize support, make it fun prizes, things that people really enjoy, really make it about the games that they play. Um, I mean, we're not gonna let any criminals do sexual harassment or anything. As a store owner, I'm gonna take care of anybody that's swearing or sexually harassing or bullying or doing anything in that kind of nature that that's really kind of what i do uh, but it's the players that really need to work together and go hey you know what i saw you playing this game and you guys do such a great job as players going hey i i know that you're really passionate about the game but the way you came off and you guys have those conversations because it's not it's not always me that has to have those conversations it's the it's the community as a whole that needs to have those conversations. I agree. I agree. I think it's, I mean, we've seen it in our league where I wouldn't say it was, to I mean, like it considered a horribly toxic thing, but, you know, somebody might have said something to somebody else and, you know, just talk to them about it. And they went up and talked to that person and apologized. And it was really cool. It's good to see how people can just, you know, be accountable to each other. And, and, you know, if I have this uncanny ability to cheat without knowing I'm cheating. <laughs> and I, I want to... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, I'm just going to put this movement tool down, move my guy. It's full movement, okay? I got it. I got it moved. And then I'm going to measure from my other guy. Oh, he's not in range of that I'm other guy. A little better, better, I had some extra movement, I think. I'm moving a little bit close. What are you doing? <laughs> Come on. No, but I mean, right? So, I mean, it's kind of a funny thing to talk about, but... Honestly, you know, I want to know when I'm making mistakes or if I'm doing things wrong. And I, you know, I've been playing the game for quite a while, and I've I've played other miniature games, and I still make mistakes. And you know, I we need to police each other and keep each other honest. And it's it's about integrity, and it's about you know having fun, and that's that's really what we like to do is have fun. Um, I mean, do we want to win? Yeah, we all want to win. But at the end of the day, um, we all want to make sure that we keep each other. As casual, honest players, right? And uh, 
But you and when we get into those ultra competitive situations, it's definitely something that you want to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row because you don't want to have something like that happen at an event and turn it into something that it shouldn't be. So like every time we play. Pretty much every time you and I play. (laughs) (laughs) We get the salt shaker out and we shake it all. I do. I I shake it all over the table because Jason makes me so salty with some of the stuff he does. He's like a bad batch of McDonald's. (laughs) It is so bad. Oh, it's funny. I love my invisible art troopers. Those those are the best. (laughs) If you ever are witness to a game between him and I, you'll definitely see the salt flow uh, from, from one of us. Probably usually me, but that's okay. Um, what would you, I guess, let's talk about competitive play versus casual play, because I think we see it, um, at all levels inside of Star Wars Legion. And I love to listen to the other podcasts that are out there and watch the other YouTube videos on, uh, streamers and everything about, you know, what the current meta is and what everybody sees as the latest and greatest unit or, um, strategies for how to run things. But it's interesting because when you break it down meta by meta, not all those things apply. And, you know, I have seen you actually take, quote, unquote, you know, ultra competitive meta lists and just absolutely shred them with something that shouldn't do that. So um, just talk a little bit about competitive versus casual players, uh, how you see them inside of Star Wars Legion, and how do you, as a store owner try to make it fun for everybody uh i i i want the casual game as a store owner i want i want all the casual players uh the competitive players are great i am a competitive player myself i just i want the casual players and i try to harness that and think about that because if they're coming in having fun doing what they love every day um and playing the game uh, more people are going to play the game. So the, people see people having fun, more people want to have fun. You go to an amusement park, same thing happens. You see, right. you see that. But when you see people being super competitive, it's like they're stressed out. They, right. They've got to win. They get, they're getting salted. Um, <laughs> tilted. Yeah. Oh, you, you get tilted a little bit. I, I, you know, I'll admit it. I, I can <laughs> tilt with the best. Yeah. And then so uh, I do like the competitive in there because it makes people want to be better. Um, yeah. Uh, but hyper competitive where it becomes more of a job for somebody than they're just having fun and playing. Uh, uh, well, we can all sit down and have a good joke about Brent moving his Guy right, yeah. extra one inch after he did the full movement. I don't and, know what you're uh, talking about. I, yeah, it just it happened was to Was it on video? Did you catch that on uh, video? I've got cameras around here. I'm sure we can. I'm sure do. we can rewind them. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, you're gonna have those competitive players, and you've got to provide them with a competitive environment, like a league. Um, a lot of people didn't want the competitive thing, and they're you're seeing them being a little bit more competitive, but they're getting better at the game. But they're also learning a lot and bringing some different lists yeah. and finding some different stuff. Like some of these empire guys, I think are starting to figure it out. Like you're, you're here online that empire is just shot. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's shot. I just don't think it's the same as it used to be. And everybody's trying to force the, yeah, the, it's not, it's not the range four gun line. Like it used yeah, to be. Right. It's not, yeah, but, it's not the range four gun line anymore. And yeah. people keep trying to force that range four gun line instead of coming up with something new. And, um, uh, I've seen some really neat lists and some really good play and some really bad play too. I mean, but it worked. Um, 
So, uh, but everybody's been having fun. You come in here on a Monday, everybody's laughing. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> and we have different skill levels, right? We have we have players who are just getting into the game and just learning how to play. And you have the other end of the spectrum of ultra-competitive players. And it's really neat to see kind of how the, the league was structured is we had three pods. And it's basically you play everybody in your pod and then we go to uh, a bracketed playoff system, essentially. Um, where you lose once and you're done. Mm-hmm. But uh, inside the pod play has been just really great. It's uh, It's been great to see other you know, people watch your games and just uh, the com- camaraderie and the, uh, the gameplay of everybody has been exceptional. And it's, it's great to see new players uh, get to have that experience, you know, playing against people who are, you know, are really good Star Wars Legion players. So, um, so, and then we've got, uh, so Brent, he had a game in league and we had a new player, uh, new player wasn't doing the best. Uh, Brent was kind of just destroying everything. It looked like a whole table event. Like there was not going to be a single unit left over. Brent realized that and started explaining strategies and what he was going to do to that player in the middle of a league game. He's, he's in a competition. He was like, you know, I'm going to do this next turn because of this. And this is why you should probably think about something to do otherwise. And that new player started to adapt and do that. And I played yeah. a, I played a, a a person for my uh, first game, and uh, there was a lot of mistakes made on both sides. I'm, I'm playing droids. I never play droids. I always play clones, and I miss my cheater poor clones. faction. I, it's, they're not cheaters. They're just the cheater perfect. faction. <sighs> anyway, so, but I had a long discussion with uh, the player after after the thing, and the last couple games, it's kind of scary. He, really taking it to heart and I don't know I think I've created a monster but uh going a long way and then that the game the last game in league I played oh god one of my good friends <laughs> <laughs> he makes Brent's salt look like nothing he was he was like a 75 pound bag of Mordens. Boom. He's just out there. I just took his airspeeder off on turn one, took out two or three of his units. Yeah, and I was, was like, you know what? I'm ahead, so I got cocky, and I just threw Maul way out there, and that was a mistake. And then we were going into the last round, and he was going to lose it. So I was like, you know you can win this, right? Because I made – Yeah, you could win on scenario actually pretty easily. Yeah, win on scenario. I made some tremendous mistakes. Like just I'm I'm not good with B1s. I don't know. Other people are. I wasn't taking any stats for whatever reason because – I'm just a bad list maker, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I showed him how, and he was he was very grateful. He he actually won the game because he should win the game, but he just wasn't seeing how he got to the, the objective victory. Yeah. And I would rather lose that game uh, because I deserve to lose it. I, I lost it on my own than take the win just because he's not making the right moves. So yeah. So it's a good mix. I think you see a good mix. Um, of players helping each other out, even you know, even during league play, um, we want to grow the, we want to grow the environment, and we want to foster people to appreciate the game and love the game and help other players, and I think that's part of it. Um, now I can guarantee you, if Jason and I were in that exact same scenario, he will crush me to the ground, 
Which is what I expect. Oh, yeah. Total. <laughs> I'm not going to help Brent. There's no way. There's, I'm just going to go I'm, in. It's, I'm helpless. It's, it's like civil war. <laughs> I'm, not throw, I'm not throwing them all out there to the wolves. I'll, I'll play very conservatively. Hey, I appreciate it because you made me so good at X-Wing. I got beat by you for like six months. I couldn't beat you. And then you go and win like a regional. So it's fantastic. It was great. I, I appreciate you kicking my butt all those times so uh, it was so weighted against me at that regional still upset about that <laughs> well, the guy showed up 50 minutes late yeah and we get to play and he takes one unit off and oh we're at time and he, he wins on points it's like you're 50 minutes late and i don't get some kind of concession here right oh, that's a whole nother story yeah that's a whole nother story that's x-wing this is for this is a star wars star legion. wars legion yeah so i guess Working together as players and store owners, how, how can we help? What What's it going to take for us to take the hobby to the next level, you know? What do you see um, people doing to help Star Wars Legion grow even more than it has in our area? I think it's something that probably could be applicable to all areas of the country, but specifically in our, our market or our Midwestern area, what do you think um, we can do to help the hobby grow? Um uh, just being who we are, just let new players come in and play, helping them out, doing those skir- skirmish games with them, doing those 800-point games, talking to them after they're done. Hey, and not telling them how they should have played, but don't you think? Right, make suggestions what, yeah, more. Or... What, would the, what would that look like if you would have maybe done this? Yeah. Do you think that was the, the, way, right, you, yeah. the way you wanted to do it? The outcome Was that the outcome you were looking for? What were you looking at when you – just get them to self-realize and come up with the answers themselves instead of going, oh, you needed to do this. You need to... Nobody responds well to just being told what to do. So Sure. Um, help help the hobby grow, though. Um, I, I see a lot on Discord and different things. There's there's people for gaming stores. There's people against gaming stores. I, I think the hobby grows at the gaming store. Uh, if you don't have a good relationship with your gaming store... What is it that you can do to build that relationship? How do you, how can you help it out? Um, because um, I've been in this industry for a long time now. Uh, there's a lot of store owners. Uh, I've been that store owner before where we don't communicate the best. We don't present ourselves the best. But over time, you get to know the players, and the players help you. You help the players. It's kind of... A, kind of go back and forth um and do that and work with it uh and build those relationships so that you have that local gaming store to go to because i can tell you i'm not comfortable going to a stranger's house in the middle of nowhere to play a game of legion yeah but i am comfortable going to the game store to play a game of oh, legion yeah, yeah for sure so you gotta have a nice neutral place to play and i guarantee a coffee shop's not gonna want you to take up a three by six area with all your miniatures on the floor. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, I think I think local game stores are crucial and a critical component to make sure that miniature gaming is successful, no matter what. I don't, I don't. I mean, we're talking Star Wars Legion here, but I don't care what the the miniatures game is. If you don't have a good relationship with your store owner, um, and you can't have them help be champions behind a game, it's not going to be successful. And I think that's where we've really you know, fostered that great relationship between player and store owner. And I think when the the players come in here, yeah, they know that Jason's a store owner, but they see him 
you know, just as one of the other players uh, who wants to have a good time and enjoy his, his time in league and playing against everybody. So, you know, local game store is so crucial uh, in a miniature wargaming. And I can't express enough the uh, importance of, of getting them behind you and supporting you. Uh, because I've seen it in Star Wars Legion and other games. Um, if you have that support, it's it will be successful. And uh, you'll have great times with great people. You'll meet new friends. And uh, you'll grow the hobby. One of the things I, I think we can do to help grow the hobby, especially when we get new players in, like I've talked to several of the new players, and, um, you know, sometimes they might get discouraged or something when they see other people's painted miniatures and make comments. And uh, so just helping people with, I just helped a guy today with making recommendations, making recommendations on just some things to do with miniature painting, just to kind of, you know, I'm not the greatest. I'm an average tabletop guy. And, um, you know, just a couple things to change. And, you know, he showed me some pictures of his stuff and he kind of, kind of, didn't make the greatest comments and I was like you should be proud of that I mean you're playing with painted miniatures it's not gray it's not gray plastic like Jason who <laughs> <laughs> hey some of them were spray painted gray too <laughs> no but to be serious you know I think I think any players who take the time and effort to put some paint on miniatures and to try and learn and grow as a as a player and as a as a hobbyist uh, just doing things to help foster that whether it's making recommendations, even holding, you know, uh, paint days where we sit down and we take, you know, whatever it is, a, a vehicle or a trooper or whatever, and just say, hey, here's what I do just to, you know, put it on the tabletop. And um, I think those are some of the things that we can do to, to help grow the hobby itself. Um, really just uh, continue doing, I think, the things that we do locally with the fostering the relationships and, and, and trying to teach new players. And it's not always about, I mean, everybody wants to win. Don't get me wrong, but it's not always about winning to, to uh, make the environment great for other players. Um, so I think being positive online too, but that, yeah, I would a, agree. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Like, I think being positive also um, at the tabletop, right? Because yeah. this game is completely reactionary and situational right? You can activate something and you completely wreck what I was planning on doing. So at the tabletop, you have to right away, you have to know, okay, well, plan A is completely foobard. I'm going to have to go with something else now because I wasn't anticipating that, right? So you have to, it's a, it's a very reactionary game to what's happening on the tabletop. So I think having that um, awareness to, I mean, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to say sometimes and not so hard to do, but I think that's something that all of us players need to make sure that we put in check. Um, a, it's a game, and B, the whole game is based on you reacting to a situation, and those situations are not always in your control. So, um, Or if you're Brent, you're on plan F or Yeah, I'm G like on cue by, by, by the end of the table. I'm like, eh, none of the stuff that I thought was going to work worked. Maybe I'm gonna but, charge uh, these Wookiees in yeah, for no reason. I'm gonna run them out into the open. That seems like a good idea. Well, I'm gonna take a dodge and then I'm gonna attack and then I'm gonna kill the whole unit. And I'm gonna stand out in the open instead of moving in and yeah. engaging him. 
I will say Wookiees are really good. I, I, I love the Wookiees. Yeah, you do love the Wookiees. Yeah, so. they've been good to me. So um, I think with that, we kind of rounded out the conversation for tonight, our first podcast episode, just talking about um, the community, uh, the local game store. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, just staying positive online. I, I mean, it's rough getting the product right now. Um, these POs, I, I've been in this industry long enough. These POs for like, all the way through Callus and Lando, these are the last of the really small, and by PO I mean purchase orders that Asmodee made for uh, these these things. And this game exploded during COVID. Like, there's what seventy five percent new players. Well, yes. Yeah. Why don't you touch on like so? This is the number one. Yeah, it's, Ministers I, game, I, I right? think it's the number one right now. It's it's up there. I I was looking at the IVC two thing. They do reports on it. Uh, I, I gotta go get the magazine, but it was it was up there, and but the player growth in Legion is absolutely number one, right? Um, just the amount of players, but they put these POs back in in like 2018 or 2019, so they go, hey, we want X amount of units way back when, and then all of a sudden the game's 75 percent more popular. Right. These are the last of those POs. Lando and Callus are the last of those. Uh, I know that like the droid specialists are limited. The uh, Anakin was limited. Uh, Maul was Maul, limited. Yeah, yeah. That's another one. Uh, I know all these. They know they're limited. If they could have forecasted this many players going, they would have definitely. They they like to make money. I, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. They, they want take to sell my plastic. money every week. Yeah. <laughs> they don't and even, you take mine every week. Yeah, it works out great. Um, it's kind of a cycle of life. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, they want to make money. Uh, they're, they want to have a great product out there. I know Atomic Mass is taking over, and it's a lot of the same guys from Fancy Flight or Atomic Mass, and I think they're going to do a great job. I I have, I have already like the things I've seen coming out of there. Uh, I talk more directly to Asmo Day than I talk to like Atomic Mass. Uh, you guys see Atomic Mass more than... Uh, Asmo Day, yeah. Yeah, Asmo Day. I, I just see them as a holistic company because I'm talking to them, I don't know, three times a week. So... Uh, now, I just just stay positive. We're gonna get the stuff. It's gonna get restocked. They're doing the best they can. The turnaround on this stuff is is horrible. I mean, I had I don't know, like for example, there was a board game that was supposed to be in at the beginning of December. A uh, few people might know about it, Wingspan. Uh, the the crates got to the U.S. at the beginning of December. Yeah. I was talking to Stonemeyer, and they're sitting down in customs. They got locked up in customs for almost all of December into January. I finally got restocked, and there's it's out of control. All the shipping's out of control. If you look at Kickstarters, anything coming overseas is just getting delayed, everything. Like, a lot of the factories that used to make dice, they're running at 50% capacity. They're making other things now, like face masks, face shields, doing different stuff. They're starting to get back to normal, but they're they're not running at a hundred percent and they can't keep up with the demand. And then you come into the, the fall. I want everybody to realize a lot of stuff gets manufactured in China. The entire month of February, China doesn't do anything. It's, it's Chinese new year. So all, all the product orders that are in that need to come over, there's nothing coming out. So just understand they're on holiday for, well, and I think that's, I think it's important to get, that's kind of why we wanted to do this is to get your perspective because you see things that the players don't see. All we see is we show up 
on Monday, and darn it, I don't have the little box of gray plastic on the shelf that I wanted to buy. And or I gotta allocate you. Right, right. You get there, half a Lando. Yeah, I get <laughs> I get half a Lando. Um, I'll take one of his three capes. Yeah. Uh, but you know, those are things that you know it's it's good to get a perspective on, and I think it's important you know that people understand why they don't see things that they think they should see. And I think after this Lando and Callus coming into the summer, the next next waves, we shouldn't have any problems. You should be able to go to a local game store and get it uh, easy enough, order it direct online or find your favorite online retailer, whoever you're getting it from. It doesn't it doesn't bother us any. As long as you're having fun playing the game, uh, just know that you know local game stores, they might charge a little bit extra. I mean, I charge full, full MSRP or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but then I take the profits that I would have gave for a discount and I apply them to making sure that I can pay rent for that play space, making sure that I have these nice mats and this terrain. terrain. Yeah. And I mean, Andy bless his heart has spent, I don't know, 600 hours on his 3d printers, but he's awesome. So is like, uh, both those guys shout out for printing all this terrain, but, uh, uh, they're doing great. And I, I mean, I'm not, buying it but i'm buying them the materials that it takes to make it and they're doing still costs they're donating all this time to do it and they're getting it here so they really enjoy the community i think so yeah that's great players right there yeah so with with that i think it kind of wraps up our inaugural podcast of this is the way uh just wanted to give you a perspective on the local game store the community um so that you can see what's going on both from the retailer side as well as the player side and uh With that, this is Brent. This is Jason. We're signing off. Stay safe, have fun, and we'll see you next time.